Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk about what's going on in the nation's capital as we get closer to Parliament sitting again and... Uh, He's my friend now. I'm not so sure he thought he was my friend years ago, but he's my friend now. Charlie Angus, NDP member of Parliament, joins us. We've spent a lot of time with Charlie over the last year and a half, particularly, and there's a lot to talk about. We are friends, eh, Charlie? We certainly are, Roy, but I sometimes think I should get some co-hosting now with you because you keep calling me on all my Saturdays off and say, get on the show. So here I am on the show because you called. Well, that's very nice of you. Do you want to be paid? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Good. I, That's I the keep pay- my ethics as a politician. Uh, I'm I'm very strict on that. Some yeah. may be less so, but not me. Yeah, not everybody is. Uh, there's a lot for us to uh, to get at and talk about. So let me start with this, Mr. Trudeau. Much of your constituency is First Nations, correct? Well, far north, absolutely. But a lot of the work I've been doing, I've been with right. First you do a lot of work with First Nations, and your constituency is Timmins James Bay. So. Mr. Trudeau's performance, let's call it that, because that would, that's what it was. Mr. Trudeau's performance over the last number of weeks on the issue of dealing fairly and appropriately uh, and in a reconciliatory manner with First Nations, what did you come away with? Well, Roy, um, Justin Trudeau's decision on the very first day of uh, truth and reconciliation, the very first commemoration of this, to skip out and go to the beach in Tofino, I think uh, is one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in a politician, because it's really damaged the Trudeau brand and this government in a way that was so completely unnecessary. Um, This day is not a holiday, and Indigenous people were really clear they didn't want this to be some kind of like nice symbol. This is about us reflecting on some hard truths. The truth was that part of us supposedly settling this nation was really about the destruction of the indigenous people by taking their children. That's a heavy thing to deal with. It is kind of, to me, it, it has a significance for indigenous people that Remembrance Day has for people who had family in the war. A day that you, you just show respect for. He went to the beach. That changed everything. And I think for indigenous communities and the people I've spoken to, not just the hurt, but the rage. Uh, and they're, they're such respectful people, but they just, like, we've had enough of this. So he goes to Kamloops to do this apology um, because he's completely ignored this community where they found all the unmarked bodies, many of them children at this, this residential school. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how he comes back for that unless he does some very significant actual moves to change the situation for the indigenous communities of this country. And if he's not willing to do that, I, I think this is going to be marked as his legacy. Well, he was asked at the time um, by the chief about the federal government challenging the uh, Human Rights Tribunal's decision 
that thousands of children and their families who were forced into residential schools should be given restitution, must be given restitution. And the federal government went to the federal court challenging that particular decision by the human rights tribunals. The federal court sided with the human rights tribunals, and in a little bit we'll be talking to Sarah Clark, Ms. Clark uh, of uh, Clark Child and Family Law in Toronto. The firm was co-counsel in the federal court case for the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society of Canada. So when Mr. Trudeau was asked about, uh, about this particular action by the federal government to challenge the human rights tribunal's decisions, he was very noncommittal about whether or not they'd, uh, they'd stop the challenge. They, I guess they still have. Well, they do, don't they, Charlie? They have the right to appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada now. I don't know if they well, will, right. but they can do it. This government has taken 20 legal actions to try and overturn the human rights tribunal. And it's, this is not actually for the historic residential schools. This is for the kids today right. to take it from their families in the broken child welfare system. Kids who died, denial of medical services, and the government was found guilty. And I think this is something Canadians, I think Canadians are starting to understand the gravity of this. A government found guilty of, quote, willful and reckless discrimination against the most vulnerable children in the country. You've got to fix that. Instead, they've gone to the courts 20 times in a row and lost every time. I mean, that's a hell of a lot more recalls than the Ford Pinto ever could have had. Um, and the federal court just slammed the Trudeau government's arguments, argument after argument, struck down. And so the clock is ticking. So, Roy, this is what I think where it's all going to hit the road. We've just come off the disaster with him going to Tofino. We've come off his apology in Kamloops, which nobody really buys. And he's got about six days left, six, seven days before they decide whether or not they appeal. And I think if they appeal, it is going to uh, they're going to lose because they've lost every other case, but it's going to send a signal that all the talk about reconciliation and all the very powerful words the Prime Minister has given. I've been moved. I've seen him speak to residential school survivors. I've been moved. I wanted to believe him, but if, if he goes back to court, uh, it's going to cost us even more money. We have to pay up for this damage. Let's just sit down and negotiate a solution, and they haven't been willing to do that. So this is, again, this is Justin Trudeau's legacy being acted out right before our eyes. And, Charlie, they spent millions of taxpayer dollars going to court to fight against restitution. Yeah, the other thing I think the listeners really need to know is that the issue of compensation wasn't on the table initially. It was about the finding of willful and reckless discrimination and needing to fix it. And they saw that report and said, okay, we'll see you in court. They fought every attempt to implement the Human Rights Tribunal decision to the point where the tribunal was so frustrated that three years into these legal battles, they threw this slap of maximum compensation on the government because they said they'd never seen behavior like that. At no point did the government ever sit down with Cindy Blackstock, who I think she's you know one of the great heroes of our country, in the AFN and say, okay, let's, let's figure this out. So they've walked themselves into this multi-billion dollar settlement. And now they're crying poor. They're saying they're the victims. If you read the federal court decision, it throws out every single one of the liberals' arguments and says, this is not credible. You had the opportunity to do the right thing. You are going to do the right thing, whether you, we drag you kicking and screaming. So, you know, I've been saying to the government, like, we don't need to fight about this. This is all of Canada's responsibility. Stop the court case. 
sit down, figure this out, and then figure out a way that these things never happen again. That's what Canadians want. I don't care what political party you're from. Canadians get it that we got to fix this relationship with Indigenous communities and fix the damage. So before we take a break and I ask you about uh, your challenges of the big tech companies, I'd like your thoughts on this. Carla Qualtrough, the uh, federal employment minister, has said that she believes that anyone who loses their job because they're not vaccinated, should not be eligible for employment insurance. To me, that is big-time bullying. Big-time bullying. What do you think? Well, Roman, I, I, I actually ask my staff about this, because we deal with people's EI claims all the time. But the fact is, is if, if you are let go from your job, you are not eligible for EI if you're fired. So... Um, I, I'd advise people to be thinking about this um, because the EI rules are there. I don't think she's bringing something new in. The EI rules really limit how much you, and how you can obtain EI. So anybody out there thinking of this, um, I'd say really think carefully because EI is a pretty strict provision. So I think she's yeah, but, she, but she's saying there. But she's saying if you're fired because you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't get EI. Well, you get EI if you are uh, let go um, because they, they can't keep you going. But if, if you get fired from your job, I don't think you're necessarily eligible. So th- I, I'd tell people to think twice. So you have had uh, a history, Charlie, of challenging, particularly Facebook. And uh, when, actually, when I, when I uh, watched recently again, The Great Hack, I thought about you. And you've talked about Facebook over the last numbers of days, particularly What's your concern, and does this transfer, because we have activity going on in Parliament, does this transfer to Parliament, and is that your intent? Yes, Roy. Um, I th- I got on the Facebook issue again because of the uh, Francis Hugan uh, whistle, Facebook whistleblower is just shaking up the United States establishment. Uh, she's uh, she's say she's got the documents that, you know, not only did Facebook know they were spreading wild disinformation, they incentivized it because they were making a lot of money off it. So for the listeners, it's about the algorithms. What you see on Facebook isn't your choice. Facebook creates a world for you. They create the news you see. They create the information you see. And we had an all-party committee with uh, conservative Bob Zimmer, who chaired Nathan Erskine-Smith from the Liberals and me, and we, first time ever, worked across party lines because we realized how important it was to try and give the government a sense of what's at stake here. The issue is not about free speech. It's about the fact that Facebook is making decisions based on money, on what information gets promoted and what doesn't. And what they offer for is often wildly uh, inflammatory uh, and, and, I think, extremist because... They know that angry people stay on online. And so we see these breakdowns of social conversation. Um, Hugan says they knew all about this. They did the study. And the other thing Facebook was studying was the impact of their platforms, particularly Instagram, on young adolescent girls and knew it was having these huge psychological impacts, negative impacts. And yet they're marketing this to children. So you're sort of dealing with a big tobacco that's got more power than big tobacco ever dreamed of. And so we need to get our heads around this. This is a discussion internationally. How do you deal with, uh, with tech giants that see themselves as bigger than domestic jurisdictions? Like so how much interest is there, Charlie, in Parliament to, to deal with the, with the big tech companies? How much interest cross-party lines? 
Well, you know, um, Roy, in 2018, 2019, I was part of this all all party committee. And I think of all the years I spent in Parliament, it was the one time we all worked together. We all really tried to get ahead on this. And I think for a while, Canadian parliamentarians were way more in front on, on the big issues and the threats of big tech. But, you know, you give these recommendations to government and they cherry pick them. And I think there's been a lot of naivety in the Trudeau government on this. Uh, their Bill C-10 was certainly a dumpster fire. It started out with a base premise. We say, do you think Facebook should start paying their share into the system? Everyone say, oh, heck yeah. And then they threw in all these other things like user-generated content. They they couldn't define what they what they were going to regulate and what they weren't, and it freaked a lot of people out. And I, I, real, I think the government just doesn't understand the file, but we need a way of looking at this. This is why I'm proposing a, an officer of parliament who actually has the technical skills on this, a, you know, a digital rights officer of parliament who can study these allegations and report back to the Canadian people. And if there's problems... Isn't, isn't, that uh, a, isn't, the, isn't the heritage minister heading in that direction with his interesting initiative? Well, Stephen Guibault, I don't know. I think he, I think he really blew this file badly. Um, and so we already have a number of laws on the books, for example, like uh, what's his name? Mr. Walid Solomon uh, from the Aaron O'Toole um, election team just won a huge settlement against an alt-right broadcaster on YouTube who was making wild dis- distortions about him. We have laws. We have laws, for example, we studied Pornhub and MindGeek. We have laws uh, going after the dissemination of child pornography and sexual assault videos online. Yet the government refuses to to initiate any investigation, but they say they're going to create a new regulator. Well, mm-hmm. and then we don't know what this regulator is going to do. Like, I think we all agree we need some rules, but I think this government is just sends out the wrong message all the time. There's a better way of doing this. And... Uh, Stephen Guibault, I don't know. It's, the guy is the king of the political dumpster fires in my books. Yes, that's well said. Um, in the two minutes we have left, the Conservative Party and their members of Parliament are being talked about, reported on, and the question is about who's vaccinated and who isn't and whether the a parliamentary committee should be allowed to um, bar anyone who isn't, in this, in this case, members of Parliament, who are not vaccinated from appearing physically inside parliament. How do you as a parliamentarian for many years feel about that? Well, Roy, we are dealing with the biggest medical and economic crisis in a century. We're dealing with stuff we never dreamed we'd be dealing with two years before. I encourage my, uh, the people in my region to get vaccinated. And I feel as a member of parliament, I got to, I got to send a message. Listen, you're safe. Um, there's nothing to be afraid of. But that Delta variant, we've got to stop it. And so I see as a member of parliament, I have a responsibility to show leadership on this. I can't tell someone else, sorry, you're, you know, you're going to be denied access to a restaurant if you're not vaccinated, but I can go to work and you can't. I think, I think we all got to suck it up, get through this so that we can get to the other side of this pandemic. And I'm encouraging my conservative colleagues. I know a lot of really good people there. Come on, let's just let's not make this a battle zone. This is not a battle zone. We're going to win on the vast majority of the population now are vaccinated. We're up at 85. We're going to be at 90 percent. I think once we're there, we're going to get through it. It just seems weird that they're battling this out in the Conservative caucus. Let's just get past it. Charlie, I have 30 seconds left. You've been through a lot of parliaments as your time as a member of parliament. What are you expecting this time around? Another minority government. Nothing much changes. The dynamics are pretty much the same. 
is what we're going to receive pretty much the same as what we have received? Is that your sense? Right. The Canadian people were pretty angry that this election was called, and they basically sent back the exact same number of MPs in exact same seats and said, get to work. I'd like to see adulthood. I'd like to see leadership. I'd like to see maturity that we can actually agree across party lines on a number of key initiatives and make this parliament work. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a hopeless idealist, but that's what I'd like to see. Uh, it'd be great if we actually saw that. If people were pragmatically going to run the country, that would be the best approach. You know, fight each other during the election campaign, live with the consequences and be pragmatic the rest of the time. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.